Welcome to the newest Eden Center podcast, Building Ourselves Through Parsha. Our host, Karen Miller-Jackson, will use the Parsha to explore an aspect of social, emotional, or physical well-being relevant for 21st century life and its challenges. Karen is a certified Matan Moralalacha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kivun Lashirut, a guidance program for religious girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Consistent with the Eden Center's goal of enhancing women's spiritual life through Torah and Mikvah, Karen's insights, we hope, will serve as a springboard for self-introspection and discussion. Hello, everyone. Over the next few Shabbatot, we will read in great detail about the building of the Mishkan. The Mishkan, and later the Mikdash, was a home for God, so to speak, the center where people went to bring sacrifices, to give of themselves, and to draw closer to Hashem. This raised a major question for the biblical interpreters. What happens when there is no Mikdash? Where and how does one draw closer to God? There is a famous debate regarding the Mishkan, whether it was an ideal, lechadchila, or a concession, bediyeved, after the sin of the golden calf, because the people needed some physical elements in their worship of God. The Rambam argued that the Mishkan was a concession to the needs of Bnei Israel in the ancient world, whereas the Ramban believed that it was an ideal way to serve Hashem, to give of ourselves. Rav Hirsch connected the word korban to karev, to come close. By giving of ourselves to Hashem, we come closer to God. In this week's Parsha, Truma, there is a verse which raised questions among the commentaries about the purpose of the Mishkan as a home for God. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Why the unusual language, make me a sanctuary? Does God need a temple? And I will dwell among you, not in the sanctuary, but in you amongst the people. Several commentaries emphasize the holiness of the specific place, the Mishkan. For instance, the Ibn Ezra comments, Vasuli Mikdash, Vasuli Shmi Beit Kedusha. It was called a sanctuary, a place of holiness, because it was the dwelling place of the holy name. The Arbarbanel asks, this question of why the Torah states that the Mikdash is for God. After all, does God need a physical place? Isn't God above space and time? Moreover, what happens when the Beit HaMikdash is destroyed? Are we permanently distant from Hashem? What about the many years of exile? This question was addressed by the Talmud in Masachet Megillah. The great rabbis of Babylonia wondered, where does the divine presence reside in Babel? First, the Gemara teaches that the Shekhinah traveled with Israel into exile, whether it was to Mitzrayim or to Babel. Then the Gemara continues and quotes the book of Yechezkel. Yet I have been to them as a Mikdash Me'at, a little sanctuary, in the countries where they have come. The Talmud interprets this verse as follows. What are the Mikdash Me'at, the little sanctuaries? One opinion, Rabbi Yitzchak says, that this is referring to the synagogues and the study halls in Babylonia, the Beit Knesset and the Beit Midrash. Second, Rabbi Eliezer says, this is referring to the Bait, the house of our master, Rav, in Babylonia, where they studied Torah. So we see that while the Mishkan and the Mikdash had special status, and the site of the Beit Mikdash will always have special holiness, the Shekhinah is not actually limited to such a space and can be found when there is no Mikdash. It can be found, the Shekhinah can be found in the Beit Knesset, the Beit Midrash, and in our homes. By giving of ourselves, 
whether it's our time, our thoughts, our possessions, we can still draw closer to Hashem in these places as well. One more commentary adds another layer of interpretation to this verse in Parshat Truma. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. The Malbim, emphasizing the words that I may dwell among them, teaches, God commands that each individual should build Hashem a sanctuary in the recesses of his heart, bechadrei levavo, that he should prepare himself to be a dwelling place for the Lord and a stronghold for the excellency of God's presence. One of the goals of creating a physical space and increasing Kedushah is to teach us to make space for Hashem in our hearts by giving of ourselves to God. Everyone contributed in some way to the Mishkan, making it a home for God to reside amongst all the people. And each person can act in a way of Kedushah in this world to become a dwelling place within themselves for God. This theme of moving apart and drawing closer is reminiscent of the laws of Nida and Tarat Mishpacha. There are times of the month when a couple can be physically close to each other, making it easier to feel emotionally close as well. Yet, when a woman is in Nida, and when a couple is not having physical contact, they may feel emotionally distant from each other. In the five love languages, the author Gary Chapman demonstrates that there are numerous ways to express love and feel closer to one's spouse, including giving gifts or acts of service. Just as by acts of kindness toward our spouse, we can create deep bonds of love, by bringing korbanot, by giving of ourselves to the Mishkan, or through acts of service in our shuls, in our communities, and in our homes, we draw closer to Hashem. Similarly, today, we may be feeling some distance from God, from our community, as we approach almost a year since many of us have stepped foot inside our shuls. This week's Parsha highlights the importance of having places of Kedushah, of finding places to draw closer to God. However, it also is a testament to the ability of the Jewish people to establish a Mikdash Ma'at, to find and recreate places of Kedushah in our shuls, in our homes, and in our hearts. Shabbat Shalom. This episode of Building Ourselves Through Parsha is sponsored with love in honor of Devra and Shimon. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is recorded by Karen Miller-Jackson, edited by Mecca Shore, and is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe. We welcome your feedback by email at podcasts at theedencenter.com.